You are now tuned into what is this? Episode 101 of Not Politically Correct. That's right. We back, bitches. Right. Wow. This thing's so fucking awkward. Like super awkward. Um, as as always, it's your boy. Hey guys. <laughs> man, man, I, I miss I, I miss this. I gotta gotta admit I miss this. But as always, it's your boy McCoy, aka Mr. What It Do, aka Young Flash God, aka No Cap Charlie, aka Smooth Job Johnny, aka FBI Mike, aka Hip Hop Harry, aka Hallway. Jo- Wait, I say doped up Danny. There we go. Oh, wow. Uh, A.K.A. Hallway Jones, because your bitch had the ringtone and I was it in, like, 97. So, wow. Um, You can find me, really, man, I'm not going to give you anything except Twitter right now, because you can find me on Twitter all the time at Rumacoy KPZ. At Lil Dirk. I knew that was coming. Don't listen <laughs> That's to... That's what you said. <laughs> Just like old times. <laughs> Back in this bit. Right. <laughs> you motherfuckers always gone. Back like you never left. Right. Call it a comeback. Right. Cause that's what she said. Right. Oh my if you wanted your comeback, I'd wipe it on your chin. <laughs> 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 Scrape it off of your mom's teeth. Oh. oh God. And logging out. Shout out to three. Jimmy Carr. Cody. Yes. <laughs> oh hey, hi, I'm Cody. It's been a while. She's requiring everything but an ear now. Yes, <laughs> your boy. Wanton Wanners. <laughs> Buggy Raiden Brian. Mexicano. <laughs> Raiden Mexicano. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga out there eating fish and chewing bugs. All right. The circle of life. Looking at <laughs> <laughs> things to see and people to do. Find me get this fine. <laughs> All right, since Jeepers Creepers ain't here with the fedora, <laughs> it's the Russ the Barman, aka Teddy Russ, aka Smooth Fingers, aka Key Universal, aka the Progenitor, aka Schoolwords Q, aka Russ the Bus. And, and without my partner. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you can find me on uh, the Chattius of Snaps as Thaddeus Snap Chattius. And on IG at Candid Computer D C A N D I D underscore C U P I D I T Y. I NPC aka Echo 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 Echo. Ella, Ella, A, A, A. Now, just so you guys know, we do have a Facebook group, uh, Not Politically Correct Podcast. So you can join that group for all the shenanigans. You know how they go. Uh, we have a page on Facebook, the NPC Podcast page. You should like that because you know that that means something on the internet. You know how that goes well. Um, we're on Twitter at Not PC Podcast doing our thing there. And we are at anything that you can listen to shit on. That includes SoundCloud. ICAST, ICAST, podcast app, <laughs> soundcast. All cast. These right. All the cast. Niggas cast. cast. We, are, we are there. From, so from SoundCloud to the podcast app to Spotify to Spreaker to Google Play, all of that shit. To Napster, to Billy Holiday. To- right. <laughs> just, just search Not Politically Correct Podcast. You feel me? Clear your browsing history. Right. And so mm-hmm. now we are doing mm-hmm. something. Cash, cash. <laughs> <laughs> and now, 
we are going to do something that we haven't done in a while. Five a, a podcast. <laughs> we are going to each other. <laughs> make sounds. It makes seem like we're having a stroke. <laughs> we're going to go to Cody. 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 Hater, 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 hater. Don't you know? We're going to All right, so you guys might um, see that now that we're back, that we're a little revamped, and we might tweak our uh, format and how we do different segments and whatnot. This and that per se. So um, yeah, sports are mainly want to talk about. Um, you guys hear what happened? What's happening with John Gruden? Um, the the the, uh, right the email or whatever you sent. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if for those of you who don't know, John Gruden, um, big for a while in the NFL. Um, I think he was like a I want to say quarterback coach for Brett Favre, like early or mid '90s and whatnot. Um, he was a head coach for the Buccaneers. He went all around. He was an NFL whore, um, like a Kardashian. But anywho, uh, <laughs> back on topic. So um, most recently, he was a head coach for the. Raiders, Oakland Raiders, then they moved to the Las Vegas Raiders, and he, um, info was released that he was sending emails or saying things that were very, uh, extremely NPC, not like the cool NPC like us, but not politically correct at all, and like very bad. Um, (laughs) He was using very like homophobic slurs, racial Mm -hmm. slurs, just like covering all the bases as a as a whole um he was making fun of like the like native americans when he talked about the washington redskins washington football team whatever you want to say um he was talking about uh caitlin jenner um he called michael sam um who was like the first um open gay guy um player to be drafted in the nfl a the q word queer whatever you want to say i don't know mm-hmm. Um, he, he said that, uh, let's see, Demoris Smith has lips the size of Michelin tires. Like there's just like a lot going on. It just, he really kept going and going. And then, um, yeah, that had a statement. I have resigned as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. I love the Raiders and do not want to be a distraction. Thank you for all the players, coach and staff of fans of Raider nations. I'm sorry. I never meant to hurt anyone. I'm kind of, I'm kind of wondering if it was like if he was like forcefully resigned or on his own terms either way he knew he was gonna keep that job but i'm also i think the big thing too is um as we talked about like with the r kelly thing of like does he recognize his mistakes and is he going to take uh initiative to correct that or like you know change his thoughts or be a better person you know stuff like that my whole problem with this thing was um and it's, and it's kind of going to be linked into what I talk about later, um, is that he has said so many misogynistic things for a while. But as soon as he hit mm-hmm. that specific um, culture and community, then all of a sudden it's a big problem. It's everywhere else on the news. And now he has to resign. So that's 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 my problem with a lot of these uh, these uh, these these people in power. Um, these people who get dragged to the limelight is because, you know, they've been this way for the longest time, but until they start attacking that one community, um, then all of a sudden know, it's a major problem. You know, and I mean, I guess this, yeah, exactly. This really ties into Russell's segment soon-ish, but soon-ish. <laughs> we, gotta, 
get interrupted by music because it'd be a good segue. I'm <laughs> but I was saying um, that like how Dave Chappelle and his special kind of talked about something like this. So um, we watched that last night and I said to Siri, I said like, uh, you know, this reminds me about NFL players and how you could be a murderer or beat your wife. Mm-hmm. But, you know, please don't do that. But you're a good player, so we're going to keep you. We'll just give you a little fine or slap on the wrist. Right. But Colin Kaepernick, you know, nope, can't have that. You know, it's right. like, what? right. <laughs> so there's right. that whole stigma that you were just saying. Yeah. Yeah, and it's prevalent in, like, all of sports culture. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day regarding, um, you know, the WNBA and how, you know, it doesn't get any – no, no righty, no no credit, and you know they're just as much athletes as as any of these other sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but if something were to happen in that league, nobody would bat an eye, nobody would care unless it was having something to do with either someone who was um, attached to a specific family or who was a member of um, that specific community. Not just because they will request that. Um, this outrage be um, penalized and things be just sought justice for, but because nobody really cares about that league, even though they should, it's a great league. They're um, the players are, are very um, talented and it's just how everything is, is skewed towards one sport or one team or, you know, there's, 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 there's always a, 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 a level and an echelon of, 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 of things. I'm trying to figure out what a hierarchy. To, 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 today, Junior? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's always a hierarchy <laughs> of, of, of uh, respect. And that's what all these movies are, are for, is to make it, to, or they're how they're supposed to be for, is to make everything um, at an equitable level. So, mm-hmm. I, I think for me, what I was wondering is, you know, being called NPC, you know, not politically, not politically correct. Something mm-hmm. that we don't necessarily bash anybody on this show or anything like that. We never That's have. That's not necessarily true, but go on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we are equal opportunity races. We, right, exactly. <laughs> we, have, we have morals, though, is what <laughs> we're, tra- we're trying to get at, right? Yeah. No. Something like that. Um, but I think for me, is that when he got caught or when this come when this comes out and he just in these emails for you know however many years or whatever but mm-hmm. it comes 73 out seventy three years no. right seventy the first email was him saying how he hated black um, <laughs> um I think um it doesn't the, the how I would respond to this man and I can't I can't really say because I'm not in that position but are you saying I if think, you were him right if I was if I was this guy I would go full fledged Howard Stern and not give a fuck. I say I'm out of the NFL now. I'm, that's clear. I'm not gonna be a family friendly personality. But you, he could get a, a podcast. Type, he can get right, a platform. Podcast. Yeah, exactly. Don't apologize to me, bro. I don't. You are a dick, and it's you know what? Right. In this world that we live in, there are, some people are just dicks. Some people are just right. ignorant dicks. It, it's okay. It's okay. Right. And don't I, talk about that too. <laughs> I get I get that completely. I you just can't rule out. And I mean, there are people that, that recognize and will make the effort to change and be a better person. Or there's right. people that double down and they're like, okay, there's no help in you at all. And that what you're saying, McCoy, kind of reminds me of the like Jackie Robinson story where that 
coach for was it Cleveland? I'm not sure. Um, was calling him the N word, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And, and then they were asked to take a picture together, and Jackie did it because he knew that his role and responsibility was to play baseball and be the better person for the outlook. And if he were to feed into that, then everybody like had him and said, like, no, you can't be in baseball. Like, this is why, blah, blah, blah. So even though he knew that that coach was had ill intent, I mean, eventually like got better, but still it was like in that transition time period where it was like, you know, you're still not, I'm, I'm still salty against you, but I'm going to take this picture and not make any public eye or movement because I know what this is, the bigger picture is all about, you know? Right. And I get, right. And- and I, get I get what both of you are saying. Um, I'm, I, I kind of feel with like McCoy, my thing is like, you know, don't, <laughs> don't apologize to me. You, you meant that when you said it. And right, you continue to say it. So, I mean, that's honestly how you feel. Now, we're not saying that you can't change and you yeah. can't be a different person later in life or anything of that nature. It's not just that like, don't insult my intelligence by all of a sudden, now I'm yeah. sorry type bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're only sorry because you got caught kind of thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want people to get misconstrued. Like, I'm not trying to stick up for John Gruden right now. I'm just, as yeah, a, no, in no. a general as a whole, it's like. We don't know the future if anybody in general, not just saying John Gruden, anybody right. is going to change or not. Right. right. Yep. And I, you know, the crazy thing is, and this is so fucking random now. I thought about this this morning. It had nothing to do with John Gruden or anything like that. Randomly, I thought about this thought. It's so crazy when people be like, um, there's a thing people do sometimes that there's they'll say people shouldn't have to have um something happen for them for them to have empathy like i've like i've right. had people say i've had mm-hmm. people say why do you know people be like you know if that was your sister you wouldn't like that yada 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 and then some people will be, be will say yeah i thought about my mom being you know this happening to her and i'm like we got to stand up for women and then some people will say why does it have to be your mom or you putting your sister in that situation for you to have compassion why don't you right. just feel and i hate that because i'm like dude any motherfucker that want that you can't be mad that I'm on the righteous path or like how I got to the righteous path as long as I'm trying to be righteous or better myself then or path. you know but I think people kind of um use that wrongly though not you know not saying like you know how you get to salvation is just how you get to salvation you know what I'm saying even yeah. if you have to yeah. <laughs> you know die a million times to get to right. Where you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the, the the thing they do is that, you know, why does it have to be your da, da 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 That may be your end to now having the realization, oh, now all women need to be protected. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, celebrate me that I came to the realization that all women need to be um, protected. Now, yeah. some people do have that innate um, thought process like, oh, yeah, you know, this should happen this way um, because this is the right thing to do. But for some people, it takes a lot because it's just how they were brought up, how they lived, their environment. There's many different factors that we can't see or don't see that contribute to how a person acts, how a person thinks. And so instead of being like, well, you should be, you know, thinking about this all the time, you know, that's not my reality, yo. This is what had to happen in order for my reality and my mm-hmm. perspective to change. Right. You know, yeah. I just had a, um, a talk with uh, Siri the other night, and it was a thing where it's like, we were both talking, we both said things, and it's like, we both apologized for good, and, but it was like, uh, at first, she, there's like, she, she said that she didn't like how I, let me get this straight, I forget if it was first or second, if, that I gave my explanation, and then apologized, 
she rather me apologized to acknowledge, you know, blah, blah, and then give my explanation. And I said, I get it. It sounds better. And I gave both, you know, examples and standards, but I'm like, in a perfect world, you want me to apologize first and then blah, blah, and that'll ease you. But it doesn't matter in the bigger picture where the apology is at. It was um, acknowledged, recognized, all this stuff happened, you know, I, the apology was meant. So it's, you know, it'd be worse if yeah. the apology wasn't even present at all. John right. Kevin. But if I make the <laughs> apology first and I don't mean it, you know, what's the point of me apologizing? You know what I mean? Yeah, there's the thing too, accountability. And it's like, if you don't, we have, a, we have a big thing too. It's like, if you're going to say, I'm sorry, but it's like, no, 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 no. After that, but shut the fuck up because you don't mean <laughs> right. it. <laughs> right. Because you, you cancel out the, the apology. So we have, you know, it's like, if you want to explain your side and like, right. this is why I did this, I messed up. Like, I just want you to understand in that moment where right. I was at. Right. Damn. That's, that reminds, it like reminds me of, um, uh, me and, um, Alexia, that's the movie you call her. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, it reminds me because we, she, she always says like, when I if I apologize, if I say she doesn't like like it when I say, if that made you, I'm sorry if that made you feel. She doesn't like that because she's like it clearly meant I'm. It made me feel away. So when you apologize, I'm, don't say if that made you feel like just uh, be sincerely. Uh, Empathetic of the fact that you know it hurt my feelings or whatever, and I was, and at first I used to be like, "What the fuck do you want from me?" You know, what I, mean? I used to go like, oh, so, "I'm glad we're sticking to sports." This means no. This reminds <laughs> me of some. This reminds me of something big too with us. It's a. Uh, I'm making a big point where it's like, don't we're not when we talk about our feelings like that. We're not gonna say like, "You made me mad when you did this," or you know, I feel like that's like, no, yeah. you, I felt upset or mad um when this happened but it's not like yeah you may be mad but i didn't necessarily do anything to intentionally make you mad you felt a way you chose to go with your emotions that way but it's still you know you know the bigger picture like that yeah and 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 it's all about um like people don't want to want to want to um own up to it but it's all about the words you use mm -hmm. um i I, t I tell you guys all the time that i try to be as intentional with what i'm saying as i can uh sometimes old habits come out and things come out that may be a reflection of how I feel, but it's not that those things I want to say to that person or to or uh, because they can be um, hurtful and that's a lack of tact. So in saying that, if I hurt, you're you're kind of dismissing the fact that you did, in fact, yeah. do these things. Uh, so instead of saying if you just say for because you're you're um, confirming that I, right. I hear what you said and I'm apologizing specifically for how I made you feel. Um, I like want you to express include, that you feel this way and I'm right. sorry for that. And this right. is what I was doing. Right, right. I'm a, I'm sorry for my actions that you've uh, responded with these emotions. Um, not saying that I'm you know disregarding or belittling or minimizing how you feel. But I want to say that um, that was not my intention. This is my intention. And again, I'm sorry because I made you feel this way. Um, it's all about. Uh, intent and once you learn how your partner or your friend or your colleague how they wish for you to um, make amends then it behooves you as the old cat say to um, act in that regard um, once you learn better you do better basically mm -hmm. and I think too like and I'm not trying to come at either you or Siri 
it's been a while since the pod, man. <laughs> um, it's just like people like that, in, this in general, because me and, um, oh, no, I have Siri. I was going to say, I thought Siri was. Okay. Was yeah. Cool. Yeah. See, it yeah. has been a while. You, yeah. I'm not trying to, you and Alexa, me and Siri, well, that meh, copy, paste, change, edit. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. no, cause we've been like that same exact thing too. And it's like, yeah, I, I can change my words and it would sound a lot better if I do that. And I will, because it, like I said, it is better. I want to take her feelings into consideration, stuff like that. However, if she's getting offended by me saying, I'm sorry that you felt blah, blah, blah. I'm going to try to word my, make my words better for you, but you are being a little super sensitive on that then or hypersensitive. Like you're taking things a little too, uh, intently, you know? Yeah. But in the same like token, two parties you, can't, gotta change. you can't tell somebody how to feel. How they no, feel I, is how they feel. You know what I'm saying? But that's how it kind of comes off, Cody, is what I'm saying. Well, and that's like, I know that's too. not it's your like intention. That's, that's, that's right. how it comes off. <laughs> that's what we talked Ironically. before. That's what we talked before. It's like what I, the words that I say is exactly what I mean. It's you're interpreting it in different ways or it's like ask questions instead of assuming. Or no, stuff, you know? no, because what you're doing is casting blame. Like I've I've been in, in like therapy sessions for this, whereas you're casting blame. You felt this way, you know, that, but that's not what the, 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 the uh, offense is here. Listen, I did feel that way, but you can't. You can't say it that way because it seems like you're minimizing how seems I like, feel. Seems like. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. That's an assumption thing. If, if I say, Russell, I'm right. sorry, I made, I'm then, sorry if I made you mad. But then your apology is of none effect because it Full sounds like cycle. you don't give a shit. There's that butt again, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just telling you, that's how right. it comes off. <laughs> well, you know what else came off was a news release by the Buccaneers <laughs> saying <laughs> that they advocated for purposeful change in the areas of race relations, gender equality, diversity, and inclusion for many years. They acknowledged John Gruden's contributions on the field. His actions go against their core values as an organization. Therefore, he will no longer continue to be a member of the Buccaneers' ring of honor. Now you're just deflecting. <laughs> Speaking of deflection, there's a nasty block on this. No. <laughs> you know, now you're just being a fucking baby. Speaking of fucking babies. Wait, no. Speaking of baby, McKean. Uh, R. Kelly. <laughs> Whoa, that's too far for the babies. <laughs> Abort the baby. Yeah, Top of the morning. <laughs> oh, boy. Would you guys start recording top of the morning, top of the morning, top of the morning, top of the morning, top of the morning? You're gonna be late. Top of the morning, top of the morning, top of the. I'm like, when these Irish people start rapping, top of the morning. We gotta get that bread. We gotta get that fucking gold at the end of that rainbow. High ho, bitches! High ho. <laughs> Off to work we go. Oh wait, those are dwarfs. I'm sorry. Same, 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 same. Ah, same, 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 same. Guinness, 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 Guinness. Harp, harp, harp. Oh goddamn! All right. Uh, <laughs> are we doing what? <laughs> like, oh, he gave the transition. Damn it! Pay attention. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Trademark USA. Track one. <laughs> Trademark Irie. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay. All right. Um. <clears throat> okay. Um. Back, so yes. Back like we never left. 
Tough guy, so baby king. <laughs> they say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But for 2020. <laughs> Throw the whole script out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. They say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But for 2020 XXL freshman, baby king, what he was doing in Vegas had to be put out to the world. No, I should have stayed. <laughs> <laughs> C and side A. What happens in Vegas stays there. <laughs> you broke the rules. Don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> no. Okay, wait. I'm sorry. I have to pee. Uh, can we just, I need like. <laughs> Again, full circle cycle. Speaking of R. Kelly. <laughs> Coach of the year. I think we know who the winner is. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. Holy shit. That's funny. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh man, that's funny, dog. That's funny, funny. Shit, what did I miss? <laughs> Damn it! I, I was just telling him I saw a meme that said, uh, um, it was like for the NFL so far, like the defensive player of the year goes to this player, um, and the offensive coach of the year. We think who know we know who the winner is. <laughs> <laughs> You can start whenever I'd never stop recording. That is funny. Okay, got it. <clears throat> I gotta pee. I'm just kidding. <laughs> got it. <laughs> they say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But for 2020 double XL freshman Baby King, what he was doing in Vegas had to get out to the world. The 20-year-old creative is in a joint venture with Columbia Records and is the first signing to multimedia label PG Lane which is the brainchild of former TDE president and producer Dave Free and TDE flagship artist and also King's older cousin, Kendrick Lamar. Through the pandemic, he stayed busy and whipping up the album that would become the Melodic Blue. Yet with all the backing and cosigns and even the talent that potentially running, that is potentially running in the family bloodline, does King live up to what the critics expect from him. So, before we even begin, let me take a step back because I totally jumped into King without pause, without <laughs> doing something else. Again, pause. So, for you, those of you who don't know, which probably all of you do because you're listening to this wonderful podcast right now, we took five months off. We were going to revamp and rebuild and do all this other stuff but <clears throat> no we're, we're just back so <laughs> in that same fashion i just want to throw y'all some shit that y'all missed because we were being lazy slackers <clears throat> these are a list of albums that i've been listening to that that i had on in rotation i'm just gonna run through them um j cole the all season 11 out of 10 7.5 megaphones <clears throat> <laughs> Isaiah Rashad. Isaiah Rashad. The house is burning. 8.5 megaphones. Well deserved. Nod. King's Disease. Two. Ten. Nine megaphones. Yeah, bitch. Ben Staples. Ben Staples. Um, Self-titled album. Ben Staples. Eight megaphones. 
Trippy Red, Trip at Night, Seven Megaphones. Okay, now you bullshit. <laughs> okay, okay, maybe six, maybe six megaphones, but it was a, <laughs> it was a solid, it was a solid fare from the young talent. I will, I will give him that. Um, Tyler the Creator, call me if you get lonely. Seven megaphones. I know everybody wants to give that nine and tens. I did not. It did not. It did not move me. It did not move me in that way. So, seven. But trippy red dick. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> that nigga don't um, even speak English. <laughs> Portuguese rapping ass. Um, Doja Cat, Planet Herd. Seven megaphones. It did not move me the way Hot Pink did. Shit, it should and, be a five. And that, ooh, shit, you said she get she get a five? Ooh, he said five. Earl, inward racist ass. Uh, fucking hell. <laughs> Take that shit back to the motherland. <laughs> you say um, inward or inward? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Migos, Culture 3. Eight megaphones. Very solid showing from the the... Trio. Um, What's your top five Migos? <laughs> you gotta, uh, you gotta post this, uh, this rhetoric, uh, uh this, uh, <laughs> he said this criteria rhetoric. that you <laughs> judging these albums on, G, because you got um, Cola at seven point five and <laughs> Nas at a nine, <laughs> Trippy Red at an eight. Fuck out of here. No, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> Thank you. He just not. Nah, he just ranting. He's like, that nigga Trippy Red should be a four. Nas be eleven. <laughs> It's um, both for every letter of his last name. Kanye <laughs> um, West, Donda, and eight. Solid eight. Solid eight. Solid eight. That's um, it. Drake, certified lover boy. <clears throat> 6.5. Honestly. Say it louder. That's honestly higher than I would give it. That's 6.5. I gave, I gave Drake a 6.5. I did not. I didn't. It was not unlike anything Drake had already done. It wasn't. Yeah, I, I gave it a five because it was average. And right? I gave Drake a box it was, of it was, it was mid for Drake. In fact, in fact, just a little the tidbit. I liked Drake's mixtape from last year, mm-hmm. um, Dark Lane demo tapes. I liked that way, way, way more than I liked this. And I think that those, those bones should have been the structure for this album. But hey, what do I know? Grip, he's a new shady artist from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I died oh, for that, that dude. Solid, solid eight, solid eight. Um, yeah. yeah, that was a, a that was a great beginning, and I can see a lot coming from him in the future. He's a great rhymer, great rhymer, and it can really stick to topic on songs and song structure. So he's he's dope. I like it. DJ Khaled, 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 five, <laughs> maybe even a four, but I'm gonna go be nice today in five because it had some. It had a couple songs on there out of the whatever album was on there. It had like two or three that I was like, oh, I like this. Hmm. But, boy, having religion today. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. to the legend DMX. Exodus. <clears throat> a six. Sorry, X. Um, good, good moments on there. Definitely, you know, got DMX vibe, but it wasn't all the way. I don't know. I didn't. I know he died and all that, but it, it ain't live though. Yikes. <laughs> and then wow. last but not least, Ski Mask, the slump god, Sin City, the mixtape, solid seven. That nigga can rhyme his ass off. Ooh, with his beat. Him like like Trippy Red, they beat selection sometimes be off for me. And I don't mm, I like it. But I'll, Ski Mask, solid seven. So that's what you missed. Getting back to Keen though, before I even give him my little 
What I got to say about it? I want to. Time's up, Russell. What you got? I want. Damn. I want to hear from the fellas. Um, Russell, what did you think about the album? Russell, hey, no, I'm just playing. No, honestly, um, it had a a good energy to it. There's a couple of uh, lines in a couple of the songs that uh, I was like, okay, okay, I hear you. Um, I thought it was it was a pretty good album to just kind of listen to. I kind of just listened to it while doing other stuff. Um, it didn't really strike me as like the super amazing album cd uh, body of work but um like it wasn't terrible like it wasn't a trippy red or nothing um how uh, how many times do you listen to it maybe twice okay yeah twice yeah twice twice and like a little bit through the third time because i was just kind of just just um focusing on cleaning up stuff in my in my place um but yeah it was just a i guess an easy listen through i'm i mean Nothing really stood out to me like, oh shit, you know, this my my shit or anything like that. It was like, okay, I can I can see myself just listening to this type of thing. So, um, you know, I kid and, and joke and, and make it seem like it's a terrible uh, CD. I think there was one track that I might have skipped the second time through. Which uh, one? It's the same. Um, Jesus, I gotta uh, pull it back up. Uh, that's what you said. Um, <laughs> let me see here. Pull it back up. Tuck it through the waistband. Um, I want to say it was either Pink Panties or Scapegoats, I think. It was like the second or third track, and I'm like, right. It was probably the second one, yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, Pink Pink, Pink panties, panties. Okay. I skip oh, yeah. every time. Okay, that yeah, guy, yeah. So, I'm sorry, yeah, but that guy was... that does the chorus sounds like he's Down syndrome. You know that thing? Yeah, yeah. That was yeah, that was the one. Pink panties. Yeah. And I think I was mad because I'm like, this had a, such a great title for this fucking terrible song. <laughs> I was like, is this Afro man? Like, <laughs> <laughs> listen, I like Afro man, so I am very offended by that shit. Forty-five or two zigzags, baby. That's all. That's my shit. Yeah, see. Oh man, that's all like twenty years old. I'm like going to the park after dark, smoking weed. Just so you guys know, I'm the only person in this pod that does not like Afro man. All of them got no Afro man. All of them seem to be obsessed with this guy, but it's it's cool. I feel it. Um. So it's, it's easy rap, you know. It's easy rap. <laughs> it's joke, easy rap. Well, good times. <laughs> um. So, what do you get? How many megaphones? Um, I give it a. I'm probably in between a six and a seven. So, like maybe a six point five. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cody, how you feel, bro? Um, I took quite a bit of notes. Uh. <laughs> So each time I listen to it, I actually, so, you know, first time it was like, oh, what the fuck? And <laughs> I try to be like, like get, just get through this. Don't be like yeah. last time where it's like I, you just quit after a few tracks, you know? <laughs> and I actually liked the first song. I was surprised. Like, yeah, when it, that came on, cool. it was like, it was a good with the beat change. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, every time I keep listening to it, I, I like it better and better, actually. Um, obviously, like we just said, I always skip track two, Pink Panties. It's a no-no. Um, there's some really good ones that I highlighted. Obviously, track one, Trademark USA, South Africa, yeah. um, and Boo Man. Those are similar to me, but I, I really like those a lot. Um, 
Lost Souls and Coco mm-hmm. and those are like nice smooth R&B kind of kind of like uh 16 that gives me uh weekend vibes. Yeah. It really sounds like that one song that weekend has on the Black Panther album. I was um, gonna say I was gonna say it, it, it reminds me of um the song Sway Lee has for um Sway Lee and uh Post Malone has for that Spider Man movie like a year or two ago. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the song. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Why y'all didn't put Baby Kim on that song? Shit, I'm like, well, he was right, like, like an artist then maybe. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh. And then I don't know if we're doing bonus stuff, but a, was it track three on the bonus stuff? Was it called No Sense? That was really nice, too. But um, overall, I'm surprised. Like, I'm, I'm sure they used effects on his voice, but when he was doing the singing stuff, he was not bad, like pretty good. Um, when he does his high-pitched, whiny, rappy stuff, I'm trying to be uh, mature about, like, you can't control your voice, but it's just so annoying. It's like a huge reason why I can't listen to Thug like that, you know. But... Mm. Um, there's some good, there's a wide variety through this album. Like there's rap, there's like solar R&B stuff. There's smooth stuff. There's in your face stuff like vent, um, Mm. do rig. (laughs) I like some of my notes, do rig activity. I was like, nah, till Travis Scott hopped on. (laughs) That was good too. But, yeah. um, also family, no, which one was it? Range, I think it's Range Brothers. Whoever, I've, yeah, is that the top of the morning one, right? Yeah, at the end of that, yeah, when I go in the top. And of the so that part, <laughs> and also like the ad libs that KDOT was doing, I don't know if someone wrote that for KDOT to do, and like, please do, I want you to do this kind of thing. If so, it makes sense, but I still don't know why he would agree to it. I just thought it was just like, I didn't like, I didn't like it at all. Like Kendrick's better than that. You know, <laughs> it and I and th- there's times where like like you said if he's trying to be like young Kendrick you know I just think that's not good and Baby Kim should find his own thing and when yeah. he you can tell when he's in his groove or in his flow like he does good just don't try to be like other people yeah yeah okay megaphones what would you give it Cody <clears throat> seven and a half or eight okay okay <clears throat> all right. right all right well for me you know usually as the fans know uh i usually have break down three three uh the three mm-hmm. best beats and then three truths and a lie hit ass i break <laughs> down the three best beats and the three best songs your lie is that nas was a nine i'm just kidding <laughs> Man, <clears throat> yeah. So I'm I'm trying to do little things different. I'm trying to do something different. Trying to spice it up a little bit. So I'm just gonna do my favorite moments from this album. My three favorite things about this album. Not necessarily one song or whatever the case. So the first thing is beat selection in general. Mm. There are a lot of different types of production on this album as a whole. From some up tempo points like uh, Coco, which is woo, that's fire, mm. to Lower grooves like South Africa, there is something for every mood and every vibe on this album, which is hard to do to make cohesive. Um, the magic comes from Baby King being able to lace all those sonics into one cohesive thing. What we end up getting, in my in my opinion, is a consistent pattern and string of connectivity through all those moments. It's, it's random because it's young, 
there are different things and you know emotion that a 19 20 year old you know because i'm assuming he wrote this over the pandemic and right now he's 20. so um you know he was probably you know 19 20 when he started this 19 when he started the process of writing this i would Mm. assume but it's still but still young in development you know young adult he just there's so much things so many things coming at you and i think that he's pulling in emotions from childhood traumas and shit like that Mm. some things of being a uh traumatized teenager and you know now being in this new light he's bringing in all those elements into the music and i think he laces them together really well over all the different production mm-hmm. and i looked up producers it is not there are a lot of different producers on here even on single songs is keen throwing some stuff around and you know 30 rock throwing some stuff around and dj Dahi, all types of shit um to to end this album with something like 16, which has such an extreme alternative pop radio sound, um, it shows that he knew what beats would make for a good song against his voice. Even the more the more like thin beats with not a lot behind it, like Gorgeous, who just had drums and like a deep piano melody that, mm-hmm. that really carries that, we see him melodically rap and strain his voice in the perfect places of that production like he knew he needed to, probably from the moment he heard the beat. He's really good at that. He selects what's, the right shit for his shit. So what's what's the one song where it's like there's no um there's no low? It's just all like it's just like all high and just like uh is are you talking about that song with like it was just like just like a piano or something like that? Gorgeous. And there's no bass to it. Um that well there's scapegoat, which I think takes um guys. Like, more poetic thing. Um, yeah, I think I like that one. I think it was because for the notes I have for Scars, I put nice piano and then the drums hit in. And there's like big. Yeah, this one the, the drums in. don't don't come in. Oh, okay. uh, Scars, Scars, Scars reminds me of Love Lockdown so much when I hear that, and I'm like, damn, he did say Kanye wanted to say. Yeah, okay. That's for the drums there. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the one you're thinking about, Russell. Man, do you have any uh, lyrics from? Because now I'm curious. <laughs> I, I want to say a scapegoat. Um, it's like honestly. the second track that might be scapegoat. I put beginning about uh, sounds like a yay beat and sounds like it's a filler track, yeah, almost like some poetic shit. Um, but that, that's what I like about about this album is beat selection. I think that's one of the the highlights of this album. Um, Cody, you're gonna hate this part <laughs> ad libs and layers, yeah, no, huh? <laughs> from, <laughs> no, for me, dog, it's terrible. <laughs> Um, from the top of the morning, top of the morning on Range Brothers to the random, <laughs> to the, listen, 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 Linda, to the random whistles on uh, the last verse on Coco. Keem and his features, because that was Kendrick on Range Brothers, have a knack for exact, for where exactly to place things on this album. There are a lot of like random sounds, just like the beat selection is all over the place, it still strings together. There are a lot of random sounds, noises, shifting styles insertion of things pause that even at first listen while it might feel weird it makes sense like the top of the morning shit like if you go perfect example would be what comes after that on range brothers where they're doing that um roly gang roly gang roly gang you know um and then you have uh, Kendrick coming in with the um we're not the same that's baby king we're not the wings we're not the wings like it's 
it's like, damn, this is so weird. Why y'all doing this? But at the same time, it's like there's a bounce to it. There's a rhythm to it like that I enjoyed. And I'm like, this is weird. But it's one of those things where five, right? But listen, four, three, three to three to five years from now, either other people will be trying it, or we're gonna be like, remember when he did this shit on that? Because there was shit that Kendrick did with his voice and shit that we were like, this is cool. This is cool. When you doing all the alien shit, one was like, this is so weird. But then now you go back to like cartoons and cereal, and you or 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 uh, um, swimming pools where um, uh, open your mind up and listen to me, Kendrick. I am you you didn't die me, then you will be here to me, Kendrick. What is conscious Kendrick voice? You said what? Mm-hmm. You saying no. it's conscious Kendrick voice? Conscious Kendrick? I I don't know if that's what Kendrick called it, but I'm It is. Like literally in that song too. But what? oh yes, when he's being yes, that's his conscience. Yes. That voice though, when they, you know, raise it or or when Ali was fucking with it and altered it to make it sound like an alien or like an alternate people Hate it. I still have a cousin who's like, I hate Kendrick Lamar because he do that alien shit with his voice. But that <laughs> shit, if you go back to it, it's like he's a storyteller, man. What the fuck? Exactly. It's there. There's weird shit. Real weird drops. Weird. Ali- Remember Schoolboy Q in the yah yah yah. That was so. What type of sound is that? But when amazing happens, gold. What do you want from me? Exactly. The diaphragm. <laughs> so you come. It's... I'm coming back to. I'm coming back to. The idea that he did that that whistle on uh, Coco that in the middle of the verse. When I first heard, when he first did it, I'm like, what the fuck? And the more I play this, the more I'm like, when the, when the part comes, I'm like, I, I can't wait for the whistle because it's like a bounce to it. It's like, like I'd be so in tune with the whistle, bro. And I, when I first heard, I'm like, what the fuck was that? Like, I actually thought you was doing that meme. Uh, wait a minute. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that, but that's that's the cool thing about this album is that the biggest. So the, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. I was just when you were talking about Coco, that's another one where um, it sounded like he was trying to be like Don Tolliver, and then Don Tolliver hopped on, and we're like, okay, this is a good like he makes the song Don Tolliver does. Um, but then it's like when you hear Baby Keem in that song, you just want to you're just waiting for at the edge of your seat, just waiting for Don Tolliver to start again, you know. Right. So it's like, don't try to be someone else, man. Be you. Wow. Okay. All right. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. Um, what I was going to say, um, but if it's not the ad-libs, it is just timing and placement, stretching the words like that. Make me lose my mind. At the end of Trademark USA, when the when beat switches up and you got the girl, I'm a hot girl. In the back, background, he just comes in with that. Make me lose my mind. It's so simple. It's simple placement of random sounds, word stretch, stretching, ad libs, drops. That happens throughout this entire album on every song, and he's good at that. He he figures out like I just want to say some shit right here. Like I'm not just gonna rap or sing. I'm gonna do it in a crazy way. I'm gonna stretch the I in the middle of this word or whatever the case, and it's gonna make it. You know, it let it lets us know that his ear that he is aware of what rhythms and sounds need to be happening next. Going along with the same idea that beat selection, his, his sound, his his ear goes matches his creativity, and I like that. The last good thing I like about this album is his connection through writing. Okay, so I had a conversation with an Asian asshole earlier this week that happened to leave the pod. Um, <laughs> a specific and, one, okay. In which, <laughs> in which I told him, 
my favorite song. Listen here, General Zhao. Because <laughs> <laughs> the TS is for Zhao. <laughs> right. And the O is for oh no. <laughs> I had a we had a conversation earlier this week in which I told him my favorite song was Issue. Um, mm. the reason why is because you have issues. I got it. it <laughs> no, but, in, but indeed, indeed, Russell, indubitably. Um, no, I the, his the reason why is because his story that he is telling us about his mother on this song reminded me of a memory of my childhood mm-hmm. down to the T. You know, I'm 11 years older than this than this man, but he was able to connect with my mo- my emotions without any issue to this song. And you just have like this way of connecting like very normal experiences that are traumatic or that happen to people. He seems to have enough of those in the tank where he can just write about simple shit. Mm-hmm. His mom being in and out of the system or being on drugs and him having to live with his grandmother, like, the, but the emotion and the, the way the song was put together, I damn near feel like I was going through therapy listening through listening to the song. I'm like, damn, like it was it was a a moment for me in that song. There was a part that I don't know if it's that son or not, but he says something like, "I was trying to get through to my mama, but she won't put the bottle down or something like that." I'm that like, I just is, want to give you a hug, but you that's, have that's COVID. Not, it's not that. <laughs> Dan, listen, it's not that's it's not that song, but um he does say he does have those moments where he says that um mm-hmm. that was what song that is or he's like that might have been the first time he's like I was fifteen I was, I was sixteen yeah fifteen even that dude even the way he says those words bro, it's so entertaining but I don't know how it is but <laughs> at the same time like. Go behind, like, I'm 15, I was 16, I was 15. I'm like, just, what is that even, like, it's catchy, but, like, what are you trying to say? You don't know how old you were? Or? <laughs> He's like, I was around his age. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was, you I was know, it was like circa 2003. <laughs> it's a rough estimate. <laughs> <laughs> I was a teenager looking at, like, he just, <laughs> I was not grown. But, but, that, here's the thing, though. The, that is the biggest draw of this album to me, to be that young and to be that good at, of a writer, to whereas you can have the abstract art vibe of like a 1970 rock song from some, someone like David Bowie, mm. but still be writing music that connects on the emotional level of like a 90s neo soul track. That's what I got the entire album. I got random sounds and random vibes and if you look at the imagery they're putting together at PG Lang for this kid, it's random art gallery type of but does that make sense? I'm in this random art gallery vibe with this guy, but I'm still getting the connection I would get from like rugged black music from like a D'Angelo or Erica Badu. Like I'm getting those vibes out of uh, fine art, you know, shit that it matches those two worlds together for me, which makes this kid amazing. Mm. I keep being amazed by the words and the, and the stories that made the most sense, even in their randomness for me. That is the creative magic. Um, overall, I just think this album is, I know you guys don't think, I think it's amazing. I think it's, uh, <laughs> it's something crazy good about this album. Mm-hmm. And the reason I had to review this as opposed to going straight to Don Tolliver, which I'll hear about in a couple of weeks, is because this album is the one album of all those albums I gave you, of all those albums I've been talking about. No. This is the one album that I've, that's, I've stuck with. 
Okay, I thought you were going to say 10. But it's the one album that is sitting on me, and I, and I worry about that with the way we consume music now. I go through so many albums so quick, and I have them for three weeks, and I'm like, I don't even want to listen anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. with Red album, I was like, this is really nice, and I threw it away. Yeah, with J. Cole, like, this is really nice, and I threw it away. Those other, the only, the only album, the only album that I didn't have that with on that list that I gave y'all, I think is um, uh, Isaiah Rashad. I've been, I listen to that day, like I go back to that daily. Those drugs and, must hit different in Tennessee. Isaiah, <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny. Isaiah Rashad is from Tennessee, Chattanooga. But oh, anyway, you see him at the bus stop. Um, I I give this album a nine. And I say that because it's gonna be one of those joints where you come like the, like the replay value for this album is so high for me that I listen to it every day and I find another thing that he said or another thing that he did or another something that he did and I'm like this shit is I think the only thing that makes it flawed is that for as much connectivity as it has it, there is a lot of randomness going on and so he laces it together well but not complete enough for it to just, for it to hold as like a classic album. I don't know if it's going to change things, but I'm saying the body work they put together, this is some fine art shit to me. So, um, overall, a nine, because when it comes to this kid, Baby King, there is nothing PG about his skill set. Now, man, that felt good to do. I haven't done it in so long. Now, and bibs. <laughs> it's time for Russell Prostate. 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 Russell's Prostate. Oh, God. Okay. Cody got kicked out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, first things first. Uh, First. Peace, Uncle Phil. Shout out. Just had that loaded in the clip, huh? All right. (laughs) <laughs> it just comes. So first shout out to y'all as the listeners for still rocking with us. Um probably won't get this until we release Hi, it, but still wanna uh thank y'all for you know just supporting and, and even looking forward to us to coming back. Um before we get into the main topic, I was uh going through um our catalog and re-listening to like previous episodes and stuff and just re reliving moments. Um, and I just want to say that, um, uh, some of these titles just made me laugh off top and just kind of made me want to look into what we were talking about that made this come about. Like some of them were obvious and, and, and how we, we, uh, formed the title, but some of them, it was like, yo, what were we talking about in this episode? <laughs> um, a couple of them that made me laugh was, a uh, uh, Bibbidi Boff and other Buster Rhymes spells. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Dirt Ants on his head. Um, <laughs> Where on the pond is C Nova Fedora bug fishing at? Uh, Taco Bell palsy, um, which is so hilarious to me. Um, Nas is the first lady of New York. Um, concentrate juice out. Um, hate the savings. Uh, uh, Cody learns what malls are like. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I remember the quote unquote epiphany there. <laughs> right. Wait, is that like 
Yes, malls. Because <laughs> they have the mall. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just, you know, memories upon memories of uh, our conversations and time spent talking shit to each other for the most part. Um, although the conversations have not stopped, you know, um, as far as like our messenger um, talks and things of that nature, just having this format to speak out or speak things out to each other feels more comfortable and it feels necessary at times. Um, we were, me and Cody were talking um, kind of when we were getting set up that, you know, just having this outlet um, to just release stress because sometimes there's, there's things you can't type out because they would take too long and sometimes you just want to say them. So th- this is, um, it's always been an awesome experience for me. So I just wanted to kind of get that out at first since we all had kind of had our chance to be like, yo, thanks for coming back. And we've been gone a while and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? Affirmative. (laughs) So also seemingly dwindling in this country and rippling throughout the world is the outrage and scrutiny of what I thought was just another conversation and fun time to be had. Um, Comedy Um, under fire and not politically correct as always. Um, the trend of comedy subject matter has always been, for the most part, controversial, um, especially at the higher levels. Um, it has been said by prominent comedians that they have a burden to inform the misinformed through a medium that would cause thought-provoking conversations, um, but also um, laughter, um, so that we can step away from ourselves to look at things in a different perspective. Um, the many approaches to this genre of entertainment are as vast and as unique as everyone who is a part of it is and can be. Um, One in particular, of course, I want to talk about is one of my favorite storytellers, uh, Dave Chappelle. Um, He truly, in my opinion, embodies or at least tries his level best to showcase what a true griot is, as he calls it in one of his um, acceptance speeches, Um, which, if you don't know, it's a person who is charged with keeping the stories of the village to pass down to future generations. Um, in all his specials, the way he forms his jokes, and you, you can clearly see the evolution in his style and him branching out into his own brand of comedy um, more strongly in each progressive special. It has a natural narration and flow that keeps you captivated to where you want to see what the end will be, but it also makes you feel like you can relate because he gives you very real human experiences. Um, He's always been a person, in my opinion, who speaks to the art of comedy and not necessarily the message. He always um, tries to point out that, you know, there's there's this art form that um, people are trying to kill because of the message that some people um, are trying to push across. And, you know, I get it. Everybody has their own different um, viewpoints and perspectives and experiences with the subject matter that we were talking about. But, and he says this in his acceptance speech, I promise you that each one of you has your own champion who has similar views um, to whatever the subject is. Um, Be they racist, transphobic, evil, good, um, on the side of right, on the side of the morals that you um, adhere to, you, you do have that champion that speaks to that uh, perspective in you. Um, one thing he says that um, really made me laugh um, was that he was remarking about, he was like, you know, I know some racist comedians 
and they would go up and do their whole bit and be ranting on stage and the people be be laughing and 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 joking and um he says in his um his clever and unique um comedic timing mm, that motherfucker means that shit <laughs> and then he makes everybody laugh you know <clears throat> Um, but in the latest special, The Closure, um, I'm, I know, Cody, that you said you've seen it. Um, McCoy, did you get a chance to see it? I just, yes, I just watched it last night. Okay. Um, I want to just hear kind of what your what your takes on it. Um, me and Cody have kind of been going back and forth. So, um, McCoy, I want to hear from you. Like, what is your kind of impression of it? I thought, first of all, another another great Chappelle special in <clears throat> um, a part of, as a part of this uh what is it? Four? Or is it, it's not three. It's more than three. It was like what a four-part trilogy. Four-part. I think it's about trilogy. four or five. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, I, I like it. it's more than triad trilogy. Stands for four. No, I was like, I was like, I know it was more than a trilogy. I didn't think it was trilogy. So I was like, it was like four or five, right? But um, I think this is a great way to close it. First of all, starting there, but yes. but more than that though, um, this particular uh special how he laced everything together how he had said since the beginning i had said this mm-hmm. and then he right. laced it up and then i'm like oh my god first of all it's my level of respect to where they fell up to another level it's just an elaborate polite i said what i said no. <laughs> right it's like but even if it is even if he did come back to it like well fuck it, i'm gonna make it seem like you know whatever the case he's still brilliant because how do you plant those seeds you know without like you have to be have been trying but i think it was great and i think what i what i liked most about it is that he was saying some really important shit some real some shit like when he he had a, a part in there where he was like i've been talking about us but they don't listen yeah. well and, that's yeah that and that to me reminded me of like the kaepernick kneeling it's like oh he's disrespecting the flag or the nation yeah. like, no that's not you're not getting the picture <laughs> yeah, yeah and i think in terms of social commentary um it was one of the best comedy specials I've ever seen in terms of social commentary because of the way he did that. It was really a serious moment mm-hmm. and he just happened to be making us laugh, but he was trying to get some shit off. Right. Um, and, and through it all, it wasn't, people saying he said some shit about uh, the trans community, all that shit, man. Mm-hmm. And never once that I feel it was a, I'm not transsexual. I'm not in part of the LGBT community, whatever the case. Um, but I just don't see in him speaking truth how he was offending anybody. Yeah. 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 He never said he, he never said anything. Everybody crashed. And I think he laced it so well by starting by cracking jokes about everybody else because right. he said it's going to get worse. He just. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking insanely brilliant, and I just think it was a great, great piece. I'm gonna watch it again after. Actually, um, I'm gonna watch it again when we're done here because I wanted to. You know, it was late, and I was finishing up some other stuff, and I put it on, and I was trying to, you know, get the most out of it, but I was yeah. still kind of tired. So you know, off on Fridays. Hmm. I was so I was, you know, <laughs> I'm teasing. Um, but <laughs> I want to go back to it and give it a second and third watch because it was some shit I feel like I can pick up just like in music I can pick up if I watch this again because right. it was shit I don't think I caught the first time right right you always miss something the first time you watch anything or listen to anything through so it's always prudent to go back uh, a man, second or third and fourth time <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Cody what about you um 
Well, like I said in the group chat, before I even watched the special, I thought, like, I don't know why people are up in arms. They must be racist because Chappelle's always been funny and speaks the truth. Um, after watching it, I think the exact same thing. Uh, <laughs> I agree with everything that McCoy said. I also think, like, the uh, the ending... That's what I was going to say to you before, uh, Russell, but I was like, i got to save this. <laughs> um, <laughs> the ending... What, like last, I don't know, five, ten minutes or so was just like the most perfect art and science way to close not only a special, but like a series of specials, you know, mm-hmm. and just like it was ended and put together together so masterfully and pe- right. like it was amazing. Right. Um, the thing uh, that really um, stood out to me, because um, when I watch this, I I always go and check to see what other comedians had to say, what other podcast people had to say, um, what uh, especially because this is such a, a a controversial thing for some strange reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of my uh, other um, favorite um, comedians, uh, Andrew Schultz, has his own podcast where they talk about everything. And I love his spin on things because he always comes from left field on things, like come from a different perspective that always makes me like, yo, this is crazy. Um, like you funny as a mug, but you really speaking facts. Um, so those are the type of comedians that I really yeah. gravitate towards. Um, he said one thing that was interesting. Oh no, his, um, his co-host said um, something that was, that was interesting. He was like, yo, the way he wrapped that story up, um, I thought he would end it there because that seemed like a perfect way to end that um, yeah. thing. Um, for those who may not have seen um, seen it through, um, you had your chance. So sorry, bitch. Um, <laughs> he talks about his friend who he met, um, um, who he allowed to open for him, Dog, who was a, a trans woman. Um, and she was such a dope person, a dope individual. And they crucified her for standing up for him for his um his specials and the things he said and she ended up um, taking her life now um the funniest thing and the the um the most comedic thing as far as like being a comedian as well as being a great friend to her um was what he said when he said like i just want to put this money away for Mm -hmm. um her daughter i believe yeah daughter and Mm -hmm. And he was going to say to her, uh, young lady, I knew your father and he was a fucking phenomenal woman or some shit like that. And it was like the (laughs) funniest, but the realest thing you could say to somebody um, who may not have known their father like that or their mother. Um, And to sum it all up that way in such a funny but um, honest way that she would love because that's the type of person she was. to to have the um LGBT the, the alphabets fuck it um <laughs> come after him over his special when he's said time and time again yo I don't hate nobody you know what I'm saying um the thing they would always say is that he was punching down on them and it's because they were really referring to an article that was written in poor taste um which shows that they did no research of their own they just kept regurgitating this bullshit that was being fed to them which is purely american right um we we don't research we just go along with whatever the fuck somebody else says because that sounds intelligent that sounds smart enough that sounds right enough without me having to do my own fucking research to really figure out what's going on and so they keep regurgitating this bullshit to him um 
and hurting Clifford, quote unquote, you gotta see the special, um, <laughs> with the bullets of their um, misunderstanding against him. And the thing is, he's been saying from time to time again, he's like, you know, I don't hate you guys. I'm jealous of your movement because we as a culture have been stuck here trying to figure out how you guys are getting so much progress. Um, also, we can't turn off our blackness to be another form of something that's protected because we don't have that that ability. Even those in the LGBTQ community who are black don't have that luxury. They can't just stop being black um, you know, in order to be something else. They, they can't stop being um, whatever their preference is in order to be a better classed um, citizen because that, that's just not the reality for them. So the fact that they're hiding behind these things and throwing these stones when they're not taking the time to actually hear what he's saying. Um, and, you know, and I went through all the different specials, like I said, to kind of point out the things that he said in this one regarding what he said about all of the communities, how they're misunderstood, how they're, um, um, they've, they've been treated as, as less than. And Dave, in his, in his comedy, in his everyday life, he treats everybody the same. He treats everybody at that same level. Um, there was ferocity in his um, story about the lesbian he beat up because he thought she was a man. Um, but he treated her as an equal person still. He didn't treat her as something less than. He treated her as simply a person. Like, yo, you in my space, you about to get your ass whooped. Oh, my God, you're a woman. You in my space, you about to get your ass whooped. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right, right. I thought that I thought that story was just, it just so it was irritating because, like, now it's like, I don't know, and I'm, I feel like I wanted to say some shit that's like not politically correct. Oh, what? Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> you're on the right pod, man. <laughs> um, like, what would be wanting to do to have both? <laughs> what would be wanting to have the cake and eat it too? That's yeah. actually that's actually not what that term is. Uh, it, the term is actually not have your cake and eat it too. That's a whole other thing for another, another yeah. topic today. Yeah. Um, but motherfuckers be wanting to be able to be or want people to, to look at them in a certain light, even though I know things are gender fluid and you know it's not whatever the case. Mm-hmm. They want people to look at them in a certain light, and then when they do, when they do, now it's because now you pulling the other card out, mm-hmm. right? Nigga, right. is you and, and I'm gonna I'm just say this data because it's my podcast. What we do like that one where he said there's a that um. Tall was it gay? Yeah, I think gay guy in the white gay guy in the bar, or whatever like that, or a restaurant, and he yeah. up, he's like, "Oh yeah, well, I'm gonna call the police now." There's a black man here, you know. It's like, right. oh, now, you, now you're gonna pull the the race card. Right now you're gonna be be white, white instead of yeah, know, yeah. Um, because he said it, a black um gay person wouldn't do that to me because if we call the police, the police aren't gonna be like, "Well, which one of you niggas is Clifford?" You know what I'm saying? Yep. They're going to just start shooting or arresting all the black people. And I've actually had that experience to where there, um, I was out with my friends and we had went to a bar. We got drunk and we went back to a friend of mine's house. Uh, it's in Germantown. And I don't know if I told you guys this story before, but um, yeah. 
the next door neighbor was just acting a whole plum ass fool. And so I had pushed everybody in the house to like, you know, we just not going to deal with dog, you know? And so he came down afterwards and he was like, yo, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. You know, my wife is, you know, pregnant and, you know, it's just a lot of stress. I'm like, it's cool, man. We're going to keep it down. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully you and your family can, can rest well. And, you know, we'll be out your hair in the morning and stuff. So hopefully we won't disturb you again. And he was like, cool. Went back in the house. We went inside. A few of my friends went outside to smoke because they're, addicts and um <laughs> i went out there to kind of keep them company to make sure they didn't fall over couldn't get up to make sure they weren't being stupid and so dude came down and had a bat and we started swinging at um us. What? Like, we weren't even making noise and stuff like that so one of the white guys in our group called the police and so the police showed up because you know this white neighborhood so yeah of course they're gonna show up quickly um <laughs> they got there um, and then immediately I was like, okay, this is what's going on, officer. I was the sober one out of the entire group. So I'm like, okay, so this is what happened. We came home, da da da, da. He was, oh, can you stand up here? I'm like, sure. Um, um, so this is what happened. The guy came down. The guy was down there with a bat. Like, his partner had to hold dude down. Because he had a bat, and he was trying to swing it at people. And so he was like, yep, yeah, can you And he started putting the handcuffs on me. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? We called you. And he was like, I just need you to sit over here. And so I sat in the car. And the friend who called the police is like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? This nigga has the bat. Like, why are you like, why are you not arresting dog? That's my friend. We called the police. And like he was going off on the officer. And so the officer was like, you sure you, you he's not, you know, he's like, dog, get them the fuck out the car. Like he was yelling at the police officer with a force that I could not even fathom as a black man. Like I would not be yelling right. at this nigga with the gun. Like <laughs> that just don't make sense. And so I got out of the car and his, his partner was like, yo. I didn't even see this nigga doing all this stuff. Like, are you are you okay? You know what I'm saying? Do you want to press charges? I'm like, no, just give me a badge number and your zone zone commander, and we'll figure that out later. But like, it's it's just that experience. Like, you know, when the police are called, they're not looking for the culprit. They're looking for stereotypes and expected behavior, um, so that they can quote unquote calm the situation down. And right. that's why most black people don't ever feel comfortable around the police or near police because we know the atrocities that happen and it's fresh in our mind. So with having this situation <coughs> and people uh, being able to turn off certain uh, attributes that aren't um, ad an advantage for them in the moment is, is disrespectful because mm -hmm. it, it, it really shows that this isn't about a gender thing. This isn't about an equality thing. This isn't about an equity thing. It's a race thing. Um, not, not only that, but it's like, what do those people, I, I don't respect people like that mm -hmm. as an individual, because it's like, you're not sticking up for what you believe in. You're just going to be like, this isn't working, so I'm going to switch it up or like try to, you know, cheat the system kind of thing. Right, right, right. And, you know, he made that that uh, <laughs> that joke about. Um, the, I'm um, a woman now. Yeah, now you have to respect me. Me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And so, it, you know, it's 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 also akin to the feminist movement, um, which a lot of people have gotten upset with me because a lot of people who call themselves feminists, we go over the list. Okay, so you want this, you want this, this thing, you want this, 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 and this. Okay, but what about these things? Because those are a part of the equality too. Oh no, I don't like those. Okay, so you're an opportunist. You're not a feminist. You're an opportunist. Right. You just. And that's why I thought either like I was kind of, um, and this was maybe like four ish years ago or so i don't know but like changing my definition of feminist because your typical feminist is what he was kind of describing but it's like right. i've thought feminists were for you know we need to make women like above men kind of things like that's not what feminism is then so then i made my own definition of that and uh like equality or right. equal equalism or something like that right right equity 
Um, and and the thing is, um, I've you know I've said this on on plenty other pods too, is that um, the whole feminist agenda for a lot of people who claim themselves as feminists, it seems to be just hatred and pushing down of men rather than uplifting and creating an equitable standing for yep. women. Um, the, the, this terrible putrid bashing I see online has me really terrified of relationships um, and really standoffish from people because, um, you know, I thought they had a different heart from how they treat me and from how I've known them for, you know, all these years. But their online face is a terrifying thing. Um, the impression they give me is that they hate men, um, black men especially, white men most definitely, but seem to love other cultures of men like maybe Asian men or, or Indian, um, which hilariously enough, well, as a culture, a lot of the, the Asians are really the most racist of people. Uh, they're just quietest about it. Uh, well, up until a week ago. Um, I don't know if y'all seen that uh, Japanese Nazi gear that just came out, but that's an issue for another day. I'll post pictures in the in 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 group. Well, it's funny because as you're saying this, too, like just before, I was like thinking like uh, how it to me it seems like race, you know, it's like uh, Black Lives Matter. And so it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they say like, well, white devil. And it's like, well, OK, so are you going to bring, you know, support? Blacks or put down whites or like I get right. There's racist white people, but w- which side are you leaning in? Right, right. And you know, even the whole you know, you know Michael Che has a, a a joke where he talks about you know, um, we're just saying you know as a baseline that we matter. You know, all uh, black lives right. matters. Just matters. Not better than anybody else. Not more than anyone else. Just matters. And the response is all lives matter. <laughs> like how BLMM, black been, lives matter more. No. <laughs> right. Like how much of an asshole do you have to be where we're just, we're just like, you know, can we just matter? And they're like, no, but all lives matter. And it's like, you know, that's such a slap in the face. That's like, uh, right. Uh, he's, I think he said, it's, it's like his girl being like, you know, um, I love you. Do you love me? Well, I love all people. You know, that's what is kind of that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if all lives mattered, wouldn't Black Lives Matter too? And then right. would, the, this wouldn't be happening too. Also, the Blue Lives Matter thing is dumb because that's not life. It's a career. Right. 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 You can choose to take that uniform off. I can't right. take take this blackness off, dude. And that um, would hurt. <laughs> well, right. another thing that's um, just to talk this in really quick. People were talking about like remember when the last year when we got to. The, um, I don't know if that was last year or earlier this year, but um, the Stop Asian Hate movement um, mm-hmm. that started to, you know, ramp up. Um, and people were not, we were not challenging the, the term Stop Asian Hate. Right. You know, we weren't right. challenging, we were not challenging that. Right. But, but if it, if you even insert black or that idea or concept into that giving any of that power against negativity it's automatically a bad thing right right and you know um the thing about it is and you know um mccoy that i'm like big on conspiracy um <laughs> um patrice o'neill uh Ressuso, um said one thing that um here's the the race war it's um black versus white but then you have these other groups that are um, also a part of this, and they'll have to pick a side. And so he was like, Asians, for the most part, chose white. And then, you know, Hispanics chose black, but not to support us. They just want our spot as the most um, the most suffering, um, um, trodden down 
race. And he was like, you're not going to get it, nigga. <laughs> but, <laughs> it was us too. <laughs> right. But, um, but the thing he brought to the front is that, um, and he said it in a couple other things, he's like, you don't really realize how racist um, a lot of Asian and Asian culture is until you've actually spoken with people who have come from the culture who chose a different lifestyle. Um, when I was younger, uh, like, man, I had a, a such a, a, a passion for Asian people, you know, just from you know, anime and yeah. from uh, from manga, from the way they dressed and their culture as far as like you know, the tea ceremonies and things of that nature. I was like really interested in the culture and I had uh, an affinity for Asian women. I just thought they were just beautiful. Um, not to pull anything away from black women. I love black women. Um, it was just like I was just super attracted to Asian women for a period. It was just like my preference was just like I wanted to date them. And so the thing I ran into for a while was that Asian women didn't date black guys. They just didn't. It was a taboo in their culture. And they were more prone to um, dating Asian men first and then white men. Um, they were always forbidden from dating black guys. And so you had those who would rebel against the, the culture um, just to rebel, to date black guys. And that's how I got a couple of dates. And then there was some that just liked black guys. And so that was the thing. But the culture itself was just against <laughs> black people um, to the point where it was funny that they were against the culture, but they really stole a lot of the style and the way things are done. Um, and you can see it. Everybody in does. Prevalent. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can see it in the, these um, these uh, BTS and KTS and all these K-pop uh, uh, organizations. And then the whole So You Think You Could Dance is mostly Asian, but they dance like B-boys. So it's like this culture that they are appropriating that they uh, supposedly hate. And of course, like you, Cody, you said, it's it's prevalent throughout the world um, because as a culture we're just trendsetters in that way and I think it's designed to be that way um, to where we create something and then it gets taken. You know, you know what's crazy about that statement too, and we do it we do it from a, such a you know a cultural standpoint in in, in the sense of like style, fashion, mm-hmm. all that shit, how how our shit transcends and becomes you know yeah. norm, but even in even when you're talking about land and yeah. and like Africa as a country is is the richest in terms of minerals and resources, all that stuff in terms of all of that. Yeah, um, and they don't own none of it. None of it. None of it. And you know what's crazy? There's there's a mineral that's found. I don't know if it's like in the Congo or it's in a part of Africa that vibranium. Essential, <laughs> <laughs> right? Pretty much is it. That is essential. <laughs> There's a I can't even know I don't even know what it is but there's a there's a, a a metal or something that's essential to making telecommunication devices cell phones that mm-hmm. really can only find in Africa bro yeah. if you if you look it up if you look at I don't know don't quote me on what it's called or anything like that but if you look if you do research on this there is something that comes from Africa that you need to get that mineral in yeah. order to make those devices that we use on the day. Worldwide. I feel like you can make a cell phone without whatever you're talking about, but I get the okay, point Robert Downey Jr. Well, <laughs> right. I, mean, I mean, if I was stuck in a cave, man. <laughs> but, but but there is there's a there's a certain mineral that's found in Africa that they were using to make, and you probably can find it somewhere else. But from what I've seen, and I've and I've come across it like two or three times now, there's like there's something in Africa that you need to, in order to make a cell phone function properly, and they get and those 
those companies and shit buy that material from people who own that land in Africa. Not those, not those countries because those countries don't really own the shit. Right. It's like it's like layered throughout like a whole bunch of other European countries who have like they, colonized that shit. They so, discovered it. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Columbus did. Right. For example. <laughs> but but I say I say all that to say this is that it's so funny how everything that is of African descent and culture, whether it be actual minerals and shit and the gold that motherfuckers was coming to steal from mm-hmm. them ancient times to yeah. now. You know, all that shit is descendant of, um, you know, even the shit we do here is descendant of, you know, slave culture, African culture that came from there. And motherfuckers yeah. take it, regardless mm-hmm. of if it's physical or if it's IP, like intellectual property, motherfuckers stop. Motherfuckers will take it. Take it. Yeah. I mean, think, of the, think of the things that are prevalent right now um, uh, as far as, like, um, everyday things. Hygiene. It came from Africans teaching. Yeah. yeah. Um, makeup. Egyptians, which is in Africa, like, like you know what I mean, like yeah. those, those, those trends and things that we have now um, have originated from the the mother country and have been, or the motherland, I should say, um, and they've spread abroad due to many different ways, usually fucked up ways, but it's just proof that that is what is in our nature, um, as creative as our culture is. Um, but and you know, as far as I've heard and as far as I've read. Um, getting back to Dave Chappelle, um, he's never thought himself above any of the people that he's made fun of or he's made jokes about. He always tries to present a perspective that's not readily available. He has aimed to inspire thought and push people to make their own decisions on things while showing the process of his own thoughts. Uh, some I may agree with, some I don't, but having a fair-minded approach to the material, um, his, the media's, my own research It has led me to this thought. The U.S. at the very least is still battling over ideals and reformation regarding true equity of its people. And honestly, we're heading for a beige, caramel, flamboyant clusterfuck that will self-implode if we don't find some compassion, if we don't find something deeper than tolerance, if we don't learn how to listen to understand instead of listening to rebuke, refute, or convince. I think it behooves us to really look at ourselves to make sure we are presenting that um, that honest and true self uh, that we can share with the world and share with each other. Um, this special to me is not about um, just ending a ending on a note where the questions that have been posed in previous um, standups has not been answered. I think it gives more questions to be asked. Where are we going? What direction are we trying to take? Um, how are we really trying to get there? Is how we're trying to get there the best way to get there? Um, I think these are things that we kind of need to figure out in our own lives as well. Um, just what direction are we going in? Um, what's our purpose? You know, there are some things that are, that are inevitable, as uh, me and Cody were talking about earlier, um, that are going to come to pass. And what we do with that time that we have now is super important for that final end. Amen. All right, what we got? All right. Well, um, we don't have a t- we don't have a TS anymore, so we don't have a fucked up story of the week. Oh, we're ending on a good note. Wow, that's great. <laughs> wow, so much positivity. And that <laughs> is episode one hundred and one. 
of not politically correct, definitely got to call this episode either the return or once again back is the incredible. Um, anywho, <laughs> it's your boy Rumor McCoy, aka Mister What It Do, aka Splash God, and you can find me on Rumor McCoy on Twitter at Rumor KPD. Hi, I'm Cody. City recording everything. Russ, you can find me on that stuff I said earlier. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> come. Yeah.